army and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil...
Blessed be the name of the Lord. goodness is here because you are here. We're so grateful and thankful. Relationship with the most high God. I am. Thank you that you're here and you speak to us. compassion tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Signature. Hallelujah. Don't they do a fantastic Amen. You're in a good place tonight. an opportunity tonight to invest in the kingdom of God, and uh, we're going to receive a uh, special offering for our guest. I have had the privilege of uh, seeing uh, pastors uh, Sushil and uh, Monica. I've seen their ministry up close. They are uh, directors of Rama in Chandigarh, India, and uh, they've been... Uh, teaching and training students for about 10 years, and uh, they have a great and wonderful work. They took really good care of me when I was there, and uh, it was just such a blessing, and we're just so excited that our relationship is growing, is getting stronger and stronger, amen. They're dear friends, hallelujah, and uh, they've come from Asia to give you a word, amen. You know, God uses vessels of honor, they're vessels of honor, and they have been made meat for God's use, 
and prepared for good works. And, well, tonight is a good work. And, uh, you know, I would just like, uh, I'm going to ask everybody to do something. Amen? And uh, you can, uh, if you give, uh, just mark it guest so that, uh, and you make a check, make it out to VCF. And if you're watching online, you can go through our website that way. And then uh, we'll in turn, we'll add to that and we'll give one big check. Amen? Um, here's what Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, I, I'm going to be reading it from the New Living Translation. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, starting with verse 6. It says, Now remember this, he who sows sparingly, or, no, I'm sorry, that's the Amplified. There we go. Here's the New Living. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And I know that you guys are generous. And we we applaud your generosity, amen. You are a good giving bunch. And uh, he said, uh, verse 7, he said, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Anybody have some needs? Well, God will provide you generously what you need. Amen? And uh, he said, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Hallelujah. You know, we, we just like to bless people. Amen? So if you'd like to uh, give tonight and give to our special guest, you can. You can do that anytime during the service. We have our seed planters there. Uh, and as you come in, of course, uh, online, you can do it through our website as well. Let me just bless you. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful that we could come and hear the greatest message of all, your word, your good news. It is life-changing. It is body-building. It is uh, delivering. It is saving power. And, Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise, and we just count it an honor and a privilege to invest in your kingdom. Bless your people, Father. Give them a rich reward and cause them to overflow in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, as believers, we need to start overflowing. We, we're living in, a, in an economy that's run by the world system. But you know what? We live in a kingdom. We are citizens of heaven. If you're born again, if Jesus Christ is your Lord, you're a citizen of heaven. You operate on kingdom principles. Amen? And, and God will actually make something. If you don't have it, he'll actually make something and bring it to you. Amen. Glory to God. We have an invisible supply line that the enemy can't stop, and it is designed to overflow every believer. How many want to overflow? Well, you just got to put something in the ground. You can't just throw it on the ground because the birds will get it. You got to plant it in the right ground. Amen. Good ground produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. Amen. And this, I know that these are good ground. Hallelujah. Well, are we going to have kids live tonight? No. Kids are going to be with us tonight. All right. So at this time, I would love uh, Pastor Sushil to come up and... Uh, he's going to tell you some things about the school and 
bring his wife up, Monica. Holly, let's give him a big VCF welcome. Thank you, sir. Good evening. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here. I'm so glad I'm here again, once again. I saw Josiah very small when I came first time. <laughs> and he, I told him, you remi- I'm remembering my nephew. <laughs> He's in uh, South Carolina, Columbia. And uh, my two brothers live here. <clears throat> so his name is Jordan. So I told him I'll bring him one time and <laughs> introduce you. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Yes, we traveled a long distance to be here. Very long. It's tiring when I think about it. Ah. (laughs) And thank you for sending Pastor Doug there. And we had a good time. Oh, still we remember his message in one of our churches. And we remind our co-workers and our staff together how God spoke through him. It's very easy to say sometimes in frustration to give up, give up on calling, give up on your life, so many stuff. But something he said was stuck with people. If you say such things, you will be out of your calling. And in India, there is so many rough time and rough, rough season. And in lives, in ministry, people just say it very normally. Even they're anointed and they're called. So his message really encouraged, and we keep reminding our staff, Rayma Chandigarh's staff, remember what Pastor Doug said. It's very true. He has a revelation. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, my name is Monica Kumar, married to Sushil Kumar. <laughs> Since 2001, we are married. We have no children, but we have spiritual children. We have three branch churches and uh, Bible College, very much Chandigarh. He'll give you the detail. <laughs> I believe we are in the family. We are the body of Christ. Whether we are in India or in America, whatever country it is, whatever color we are, when Jesus is in our heart, we are in the family, we are in the body of Christ. John 3.16 belongs to everyone on this earth. And whoever believes shall not perish but have eternal life. And when we we do that, we come in connection, in addition, in the family of God, in the body of Christ. 
And I know, I feel, I don't have to go and take a DNA test. You are my family. Because Jesus, his DNA is running over. So I came to tell you, I just want to read Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 4. I love the Message Bible. I love all the versions that speaks up. (laughs) Sometimes some versions are very good. It says, but now God's message, the God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started. Israel, don't be afraid. I have redeemed you. I have called your name. You are mine. When you are in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you are in rough waters, you will not go down. When you are between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God. Your personal, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior, I paid a huge price for you. All of Egypt with rich Kush and Shiva thrown in. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much God is telling his children. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off, I love this. I sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade the creation just for you. Amen. Just for you. So he loves us. My brother and sister, he loves us no matter where we stand today in spiritual ground. He loves us. He's not offended. He's not angry. He's not having any grudges. He's not holding his blessings. He's not disappointed. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. <laughs> and that makes complete to receive his love. And he is for us, not against us. And he's not holding any blessing that he has for us. Amen. And he expects the same thing from the body of Christ. Because world needs him. In this end time, in this last days, we know what's going on in the world. How desperate the world is. They don't know the truth, but we know the truth. 
and they need that truth. That love, that forgiveness of sins. No more offense. No more having grudges in our hearts. People are people. They will hurt you every time. They will offend you every time. They will make mistakes. (laughs) People are people. Hurting people hurts. But we are no more hurting, right, in Christ Jesus. We are whole. We are complete. We can give what we have. And we have the love of God in our hearts. Shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens us. Love you. God bless you. Have a good time. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you, God. Can we close our eyes, just lift our hands and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your healing mercy, healing grace, oh God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Healing mercy and healing grace, oh Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Heal, heal from your eyes. Oh, from your eyesight. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. If you have a problem with the eyes, just, just start believing for your healing for your eyes right now. Healing for your eyes right now. I said healings for your eyes right now. Healing for your eyes right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Healing for your eyes right now. Hallelujah. I said healing for your eyes. Healing for your eyes. I said healing for your eyes. Healing for your eyes in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Someone is getting healed from your eyes. Start checking your eyes. I want you to start checking your eyes. Yes. You're getting healed from your eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Start checking your eyes, please. I want you to do it. Let the anointing flow more. Because your faith will draw it more. Your faith will draw it more. It's there. It's here. I said it's, it's for healing. It's for healing your eyes. I said healing for your eyes. I said healing for your eyes. Start checking. Start reading which you could not read before. Start reading which you could not read before. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's, it's very strong. It's very strong on your eyes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
Hallelujah. It's still there, I tell you. It's still very strong. I, are you sensing the same thing which I'm sensing, Pastor Dad? Yes, it is. Ooh. You're a... <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know what your pastors feed you. You're a good church. <laughs> it's so strong. I don't know. You know, I, I actually said to the Lord, I don't want to copy what happened last year. <laughs> but if he wants that way, I'm okay with it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, man. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, sister. Tell me what were your eyes. You. Yes, you, you. Yes, you. I receive the healing from my eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. message I want to talk, the Lord put it in my heart. Looking a blind spot in our lives. Looking at the blind spots. I'm right on? The Holy Spirit is always right on. We just need to hear sometimes. We need to pay attention to it. I, I, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know what, I, I didn't discuss anything with them. They didn't tell me anything. But God is a God of revelations. He knows everything. And he wants to talk to us. Looking at a blind spot. There are a lot of time, you know, we are, we are op- our eyes are open, but we see others' blind spot not in our lives. Amen? Amen. But let's start with the Bible somewhere. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, please. And, you know, the Paul is praying for the, the for the, uh, for eyes of, of our spirit to be opened up and have an understanding. But the, the, yes, there is something we need to know what we, who we are in the Lord. But there are other parts in our life where we need to see things. Yes. Yes. Wow. Amen. 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 Okay, please. 
Open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. And Paul is praying for the church. He said, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. And I pray that your hearts will flooded with the light. And one translate, other translation says, may your eyes of understanding be enlightened. Flooded. With light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Yeah. Now that's, that's he's talking about our spiritual enlightenment. That we enlighten spiritual know more about who we are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Who, what power we carry inside of us. The power of resurrection which raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah. You know the power of resurrection is the different. It's, a, it's not the same power as you raising someone from the dead. Lazarus was raised from the dead. Widow's son was raised from the dead. Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead, but they died again. But when Jesus was rose up, he never died again. That's the power of a resurrection. And that power we carry inside of us. And we need to understand, that's what Paul is desiring for the church, to know the power of a resurrection. We have a knowledge in our minds about it. We have a faith about it, but we don't really know it many times. But power of a resurrection. Yes. Yes. The power of resurrection. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 talks that the same power who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Who raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. Amen. Quicken your mortal bodies. The power of resurrection lives inside of us. And it can do anything what we need in our bodies. In our circumstances. In our dead circumstances. Hopeless circumstances. But we need to have be enlightened in that part. Amen. So I'm starting with the spiritual but I want to go to other parts. You know... And I, when the Lord started dealing with me about this message, this is, happened today. And I said, Lord, okay, give me the examples from a Bible. When people had a blind spots in their life and they didn't see it until God talked to them. And I go to Second Samuel chapter 11, please. And this story when David committed a sin of adultery. You know when people get blind in some area of their life, they do a lot of wrong things. It's not a good thing. Maybe just one spot 
of a blindness can you can maybe have a one spot of a blindness, but that can cause a lot of things. A lot of falls. A lot of other sins. Include. You just are blinded in a one spot. Now, when, when this, this starts happening when you commit a sin, right? And then you don't think it's, you did anything wrong. It's in our own eyes. We are righteous. A lot of people think, it's okay. It's okay. This is a little bit. I didn't do a bigger thing. But always the bigger things becomes the reason for a greater sense. Very small things. You start with very small. Okay, let's read the story, then we'll see it. Amen? And I believe Holy Spirit will help us all to see where we are blind. Amen? In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelites' army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonites' army and laid siege to the city of Rebah, however, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. You know, they, they were winning still. They had a victories. They were not losing. Praise the Lord. God is working in my life. Hallelujah. He's working. Because he never... He never reject himself or reject his own power. He's always believing in his power. He's always always faithful even if we fail. He's faithful to his word. Even we are failing but he's still doing things for our lives. But sometimes we take that things granted. God is still working brother. God is still moving. It means I'm okay. I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes we are not okay. So, late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of a bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. And he looked out of over the city. He noticed a woman, unusual beauty, taking a bath. He sent someone to find out. Who she was, and he was told she's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hitti. You know, she was the granddaughter of Ethophel, Eliam. He was the counselor of a David. He was the grandfather of her. Eliam was his son. You know, the man who died with. With Absalom when he rebelled. And the Bible says his words were counted as the word of God. In David's time and Absalom's time. But when you start blinding a little bit. You don't see your. uh, You don't care about your surroundings. Your best friends. Your best counselors. Ithophel, his her grandfather was. When you look at another scriptures in the Chronicles, and you will find Eliam was the son of Ithophel. And I don't have a time to go that story, but but I just just wanted to give you a little knowledge of it, so you can study your own later part. <laughs> okay. So 
Then David sent a messenger to get her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. She had just completed the purification rites after having her menstrual period. When then she returned home later, when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent to David a message saying, "I am a pregnant." Now you committed a sin, and there is a fruit. It doesn't matter if you are a God child. It doesn't matter if you are anointed. It doesn't matter if you are called. It doesn't matter if you are a man, God's own heart person. You loved by God. God likes you. You are faithful for years. Lived for God. Ready to die for God. And the David sent a word to Joab, send me Uriah, the Hitti, her husband. So Joab sent him to David. When Uriah arrived, David asked him how Joab and the army were getting along and how the war was progressing. Then he told Uriah, go on home and relax. David even sent a gift to Uriah after he had left the palace. You know, David was trying to hide his in. That's a blind spot. He was blind. It's same David. He always prayed, God, you know everything. You know my heart. You understand my heart. Same person I'm talking about. It's the same person whom God said, God does not see from outside. He sees the heart of a man. God saw that David's heart when he was anointed by Prophet Samuel to be a king, future king. But the same person got blinded. Darkness will blind you. Sin is a darkness. And I'm talking about a Christian guy, okay? Not a non-believer. I'm not saying you are you having a blind spot, but um, you're doing something, but uh, maybe God is alerting. Maybe you are having a blind spot and you're not able to see it. But God loves you. And that's why he wants to talk to us. Look at that blind spot. Because he wants to help us. He's not want to, he doesn't want to condemn us. He wants to help us. He doesn't want to judge us. But he wants to help us. To come out and see that part. See, look at that part. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And David tried to do the things, but Uriah did not go home. He slept with that night at the palace entrance with the king's palace guard. When David heard that Uriah had not gone, gone home, he summoned him and asked, What is the matter? Why didn't you go home last night after being away for so long? He wanted to go home and, and be with his wife, sleep with his wife, that he can say, not a, The child is not his, but she's a pregnant from her husband. Man, once you make a mistake and then you are not going to owe it anymore. It's better to own your own sin. But some sins you, you have to have deal with. This is something that you cannot just get rid of asking forgiveness. There's something you, 
you know, so you said something about somebody and you say, I'm, oh, what a fool I have us. I'm sorry. You said things about people. You, for, you did things against them. And God can forgive you and people will forgive you. But something, you can ask for forgiveness, but the result will not be the same. God will still forgive you. But there's some pe- some price have to pay. I thank God for David's life. He was a human just like us. And verse 11. Uriah replied, The ark and the armies of the Israel and the Judah are living in the tents. And Joab and my master, men are camping in the open fields. How could I go home to wine and dine and sleep with my wife? I swear that I would never do such a thing. Man, this man looked more righteous at this point than David to me. I felt he was more righteous at that point than David. And God didn't care if it was David or Uriah. God is a righteous judge. He loved Uriah the same way he loved David. But in the kingdom, Uriah's position was lower than the kingdom of, from the Davids. But this, this is something we all need to see. And I pray we all, God open our eyes to see a blind spot. And well, verse 12, well, stay here today, David told him. And tomorrow you may return to the army. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem that day, that day and the next. Then David invited him to dinner and got him drunk. But even then he could not get Uriah to go home to his wife. Again, he slept at the palace entrance with the king's palace guards. Verse 14, so the next morning David wrote a letter to Joab, gave it to Uriah to deliver the letter. The letter instructed Joab, Station Uriah on the front of lines where the battle is fiercest. Oof. That's a game. That's a blind. No, he's getting more blinded. More blind. He's not getting light. He's getting more into darkness. You see that? First, he wants to blame the sin, not don't want to owe his mistake. Now, if that doesn't work, now he wants to finish this man off. A faithful person. He didn't kill him, but he planned to kill him. And send the letter in his own hand about his death. You think God liked it? Never. Never. Doesn't matter how anointed he was. You know, this message is not a hallelujah. I knew it. This is not a jumping thing. I knew it. But we have to do what God wants us to do. Amen. And then pull back so that he will be killed. That's David's instruction for his own warrior. The man who want to just, don't want to enjoy the fam home food. 
Don't want to be with his wife, but want to be in the war. And David wanted him to be killed because he was cheated by David. Hey, that things can happen in your life. Those people that cheated you can blame you and be killed. You can be killed by them. I'm not saying you can be murdered physically, but you can be murdered in many ways. Things can happen. But remember, God is your judge. God is my judge. He has not left us. I believe God took care of Uriah. Uriah, you say Uriah? Yeah, okay. But in, in Hindi, it's a difference of my words, my names comes the same way. Okay? But try to speak in English those names. Thank you, Lord. And when the enemy soldiers came out of the city of fight, Uriah the Hitti was killed along with several others Israelite soldiers. Verse 17, that is. Okay. Now, verse 18. Then Joab sent a battle report to David. He told his messengers, reports are all, report all the news of the battle, of the battle to the king. But he might get angry and ask, why did the troops go so close to the city? Didn't they know there would be a shooting from the walls? You know, David was a warrior. He had experience of wars. How to fight it. And Joab knew that David can question those things. Wasn't Abimelech son of Gideon killed at Tobias by a woman who threw a millstone down on him from the wall? Why would you get too close to the wall? Then tell him Uriah the Hitti was killed too. So the messenger went to Jerusalem and gave a complete report to David. The enemy came out against us in the open fields, he said. And as we chased them back to the city gate, the archers on the wall, orchards on the wall, shot arrows at us. Some of the king's men were killed, including Uriah the Hitti. Now, look at the answer of a David in verse 25. Well, tell Joab not to be disgraced, David said. His response was completely different because he took a, he played in the kingdom of God something for his personal advantage. It's not just Uriah died that day, but others were also killed because he got so blind. He didn't see it. He didn't see it. And he was not going to see it. He wanted to walk that path. And a lot of time in our life, in a blind spot, we want to walk that path and it looks right in our eyes. For his personal advantage. A lot of time, for a personal advantage, in our personal advantage, we let the kingdom of God get hurt. Others get hurt. Others get killed, destroyed. Their futures are ruined. That's a, that's a very dark spot in our life. Yes. 
That's not good. And God doesn't take it lightly. And you know, after that story, how that happened, Uri Bithshava become his wife. But you know, in one, one, one of the Psalms, David said, my sin stands always before me. And never he saw with Seba, he saw his sin. Always. God forgiven him. But the sin always stood before him. It reminded him. Hmm. Verse chapter 12, please. Now God wants to open his eyes. So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David this story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb that he had bought. He raised that little lamb and it grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own plate and drank from his cup. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day, guest arrived at the home of the rich man, but instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. David was furious. He, his eyes were open for others' sin. But he was unable to look at his own blind spot. He was furious. As surely as the Lord lives. Come on. His self-righteousness. Judging others. Rose up. And it happens in our lives. To judge others. Our, we, we get so quick. We get excited. Angry. He said, Jesus said, why don't you see the big lag in your own life, in your own eyes? But looking at the speck in the other eyes, small things in others, but there's a big problem. You know, how many of you know that goat is less expensive than a man's life? Huh? Hello? He has killed people. He killed a righteous, faithful person and others with him. But he's angry on a man who killed somebody else's goat or lamb. You see that? What Jesus is saying? That's why he he said, don't judge others. You have to be very careful. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying that we are agree with their wrongdoings. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, I'm not saying bring a judgment on them. We needed a mercy one day. They need a mercy too. May I request you something, please? I don't know. It's, It's come so strong in me, in my heart to say to you. For your personal advantage with somebody... Don't hurt the kingdom of God. Please. 
ever in your life. Time will come when you will have you will be tempted to hurt others or hurt the kingdom of God because you are getting your advantage there. Personal. Never do that. This is my request. Hallelujah. He said, as the Lord lives, he warned, any man who would do such a thing deserve to die. Wow. Deserve to die. Isn't it a great word? He spoke a big word. Deserve to die. But God is so merciful. He wanted to reach out to David. Because David was so blind, he could not see what he, the blind spot in his life. Or he didn't want to see it. I don't know. But God was merciful. Reached out to him. Reached out to him. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity. David. Using that word. Having no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are that man. Thank God we need some people to say on our face that you are that person. And we don't need to get get upset when somebody comes from God and says, Hey, you have a blind spot there. And mostly... Those are your pastors and the leader will say these things to you. Because they are required from God to correct people when they need a correction. Admonish. Because Paul told Timothy. He said do that. With the love. But you know one time I was in my church we had a worship. And on the worship time I had a very small mini vision. And in the vision I saw Balaam the prophet and his his donkey. Beating up his donkey. And you know. I have not even for some time. I didn't read that portion. That it was not a fresh in my memories. But it just came up and just gone like this. In seconds. And I said God. What is this meaning? And he said to me. He said the people those want to save the lives of a people. The same person. Whose life is God wanted to save. Will beat up those person. Who tried to protect them. Like Balaam was beating his donkey. Because the donkey wanted to save the life of Balaam. That's what the Lord said to me. A lot of pastors are beaten up. By their church members. I'm not saying to please your pastor. But I'm saying what I need to say. But this is truth. Some people need to, some people when they try to save our lives, say, hey, there is a blind spot, man, you are going the wrong path. You pay attention to it. You pay attention to it. When you, when your automobile or your car start beeping up something, will you don't pay attention to it? Huh? Will you not? You will. But we pay attention to a machine, but we don't pay attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
Why you pay attention to your cars when the, your car starts beeping up something wrong? Because you will not reach your destination. You will not be able to run your race. That's the same way the Holy Spirit beeps in our life. Speaks to us. With the word. With brings a man of God. All the Holy Spirit talks to you directly. Because he's saying something is wrong. Because you will not finish your race well. Do something. Correct something. Bring an adjustment. Amen. Amen. I still have a lot of time. 27 minutes. It's okay. Thank God for the prophet Nathan. Amen. That actually saved David's life that day. He said, you are the man, that man, the Lord, the God of Israel says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved from the power of a soul. Saul, I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much more, much more. You know, God was not trying to tell him how much I did for you. But he was trying to remind you from where I brought you. How much I blessed you. If that was not enough, I could have given you some more. But why do you do this nonsense? Why did you do this? God could have given him more wives, more more women in his life. You know, that's not for the New Testament. That's for the Old Testament. Don't try to take this message and out say, Pastor, she said that. I can get a more wife. No, in the New Testament, it's just one wife. Okay, be careful with that. Yeah. But God could have blessed David abundantly. But he chose his own ways. He wanted his ways, not God's way. Hey, there is another lesson. There is a God's way to be blessed. And there is a man's way to be blessed. But that blessing which man's way, it will always turn to a curse. That's why the Bible says, do not lean on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. And God said, if you, if you had asked, I could have given you more. Why not? I'm a God of abundance. You know, the pastor said, the time for abundance blessing, but it's God's way, not our ways. Verse 9. Why then you have despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? Wow. For you have murdered Uriah the Hithi with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. Wow. God was hard. He was strong and he was very clear. Very clear. God mentioned the name of Uriah. Because God loved Uriah too. God took care of it. He said you stolen his wife. 
That's a strong word. And, and that's the true thing. Oh, brother, why you say this so, such a hard thing to me? You know, people get upset. Get so sensitive. Why did you say such a hard thing to me? He just said, but you did. But you did. If you, if we have done something, we must owe it. We must have ownership of it. Yes, I did it. I was wrong. And God, when, you know, when God speaks these things to us, brings a blind spot in our life, tells us this is the place you are blind, it's a mercy. It's not a judgment. It's a mercy of God. He wants to save us from more destruction. We have to understand this. This message can be preached in a different perspective also. Oh, God was judging David now. I don't think so. God was still loving David, but this was a little hard love. And he needed that hard love. (laughs) He didn't need those kisses and hugs that time. He needed a hard thing to say it. Listen, son, this is a problem. You need to take it. You need to humble yourself. You need to repent. This is not right. And David thought he did everything hidingly. Nobody will know it. Right? No one will know it. But when you're walking with God, even when you walk with God, He still knows it. And for our sake, He will expose us. Lift up your hands. Say, Lord, thank you. I said for our benefit, He will expose us because He loves us. No one wants his his children to be destroyed. And God doesn't want it. He wants us to be saved. If you're on the wrong path, he will talk to us. He will tell us, come on son, come on back. You were wrong in this place. Verse 10, from this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. God is still mentioning Bathsheba as Uriah's wife. He's still mentioning that. He's still calling her his wife. Even David already married her. You see that? He's not saying Uriah's former wife, -wife. (laughs) ex-wife. Uriah's widow. No. No. This is something, the truth, we need to see it. Because God honors the marriage. He started that institution. Not we. It was not Adam said, God, I need to be married. (laughs) God didn't, Adam didn't say that, right? Hey, is it true? It was God. God took initiation, whatever. He initiated it. Yeah, he started it. He said, man, you need to be married. God, it was God's plan from the very beginning. 
It was not Adam's. And God honors what he starts. And it's holy unto him. Marriage is holy unto him. And he will not spare a person who will try to destroy someone's marriage. It's not just about a man or a woman. It's about God is a witness of that marriage. He's a covenant partner in the marriage. Bible says so. That's another message. Sometime. (laughs) (laughs) But then. Look to verse 13. Because I just want to skip a few verses here. Then David confessed to Nathan. I have sinned against the Lord. Thank God for that. He saw it. He saw it. Say after me. He saw it. He saw it. it. And he confessed it. Yes. He did not make an excuse. That's the best thing David did. He didn't say, oh, I was so tired. I was doing so much. I did happen. I just happened. Brother happened. I was just tempted. I didn't know why. But I was so tired. I I didn't know. I was drunk. I just happened. No. He confessed, I sinned against the Lord. Now, this is a good news for all of us. If we've done something, it is good to confess it. Don't make excuse. It's not a good thing. Because in these days, in these days, even the laws, oh, they muttered because he had a mental problem. They had a right because they had a this problem. Oh, they are this because they are, they, they feel like this. Right. Right. Every sin has excuse in these days. Yeah. But Christians should not. Right. And God does not. Right. Yeah. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Amen. You feel this way? You feel a boy, feel a girl? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the girl feels a boy? Yeah, you feel it. You excuse of a feelings. Yeah. But it's not excuse. He said, I sinned. He confessed I sinned against the Lord. We have to sin. We have to confess if we sinned. And God will help us. And Nathan replied to him. Immediately. You know God didn't take much time. He said, Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you and you won't die for this sin. Hallelujah. That's a mercy. Thank God for his mercy. He's quick to forgive. He's quick to forgive. Then he told him some of the results he has to pay, some of the consequences will happen because what, he, what happened. But he said, you are forgiven. You will not die for this sin. Amen? So this is something, those are some blind spots in our lives where we are failed in life. And we need to see it. Sometime God's word will show you. Sometime when the pastor is speaking to you, he will show you. Sometime the pastor will talk to you directly. Right? They will talk to you directly, brother or sister. I think this you need to work out. This place. If you think that, yeah, take it positively. See how, yes, brother, I'm failing in this area. I'm sorry. 
I need to work out with this. Amen? Because God is not there to destroy you. God is there to help you. Amen? So this is the one thing I want to talk. And there is another thing. When, when we, there is another blind spot when we don't see a provision of God for our lives. There are provisions. But we don't see it. We are blind. And that takes me to Genesis chapter 21, please. Did you get from first thing? Okay, because I'm turning to good things now. So, I don't want you to go with this taste. But I want you to at the same time check your life if there is something. Blind spot. Amen? Now, you know that Abraham had a son from Hagar, from his slave, Sarah's slave. And then his, the son's name was Ishmael. And then, let's verse, read from verse 8. When Isaac grew up and was, a verse, was about to be weaned, Abraham prepared a huge feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham, and her Egyptian servant making fun of her son Isaac. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, Get rid of that slave woman and her son. He's not going to share the inheritance with my son Isaac, and I won't have it. This upset very much. This upset Abraham very much because Ishmael was his son. Sometimes you can be blind because of your relationship. Sometimes we can be blinded because of our relationship, our, our natural relationships, our blood relationship. Right. And we don't see the will of God. Yes. And here, you know, because of the emotions towards his son, Abraham was blind. Even he knew what God had told him before. You know, you know that God had told him in chapter 18. Because when God said, you will have a son from Sarah. And his, his name will be Isaac. And he will, I will bless him. But the Lord said, Abraham said, God, just, just Ishmael will stay in your life. But God said, I will bless Ishmael. But my promise is with Isaac. Even he knew, but still blinded for some time. But God told Abraham, do not. Be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you. At this point, at least, one time the wife was right. (laughs) No, she was right. Abraham heard all the time. He heard God. He took initiate when God told him to leave his family. He led his wife right away. Now Abraham was not seeing, but she was seeing. Amen. Amen. And people around you will see the things sometimes you don't see. Your wife will see, and you don't see. Your husband will see, but you don't see. There can be a blind spot because of I, this is not a sin, but it's emotions of a relationship. You know, sometimes, how many of you will be agree with me? Sometimes our emotions take over us than godly things. 
relationship rules us rather than God. And this was happening here. And God said, Abraham, don't need to be upset over this. Sarah is saying right. And thank God she was right. Hallelujah. Wives can be right, sir. Okay? And sometimes you maybe don't like it. It happens. I'm a husband too. But they're right. A lot of time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Say amen. Women can say amen at least. (laughs) I said the women can say amen at least. But I'm not talking about a woman and a man here. I'm talking about seeing in a light, in a blind spot, in a relationships. You can miss what God wants you to do. So Abraham got up early the next morning, prepared food and container of water and stabbed them on Hagar's shoulder. Then he sent her away with her dear son. And she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Beersheba. You know, he obeyed immediately. He obeyed immediately. He didn't, he didn't pay atten- another attention. He got a confirmation from God. Praise the Lord. Let's do it. He overcome his, relation, his relationship emotions. Maybe it was hard because of his son. Who will send his son away? But he did. We know Abraham. He, he gave Isaac also. He loved the Lord more than anything else in his life. We, want, we, we, want, we are walking in Abraham's blessing, but the, there is the same requirement from our lives too. Love the Lord more than anything else. Not just in the songs. Sometime in the songs. We Christians are very good. <laughs> but real life. Amen. But I believe you guys do. Amen. And verse 15. When the water was gone, she put away the, put the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said as she burst into tears. There was no water, she thought. She thought. And she thought her son will die without a provision. This was a desperate situation. And we go through sometimes like this. We feel there is no hope. I don't want to even see this happening. But that's a blind spot. But God heard the boy cry. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what is wrong? (laughs) Isn't this strange question? What's wrong? Hey, my son is dying and you're asking what's wrong? Because God is not blind. He's seeing it. He already saw it. Do not be afraid. God has heard the boys crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him. I will make a great nation from his descendants. Descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes. Say, open her eyes. eyes. Say it again. 
and she saw a well full of water. Hallelujah. Hey, there is a lot of time our eyes need to be opened up. Where is the full of water? Where is the full of water of a provisions? Full of a well of a provisions. We need to see it. We need to ask God, God, open my eyes. We need to see God. If I'm missing, open my eyes. Show me my blind spot. Where I'm missing. And God gave, where I'm missing my blessing. Open my eyes that I can see a provision. It's not a lack of a blessing. Because the Bible says you will not lack a thing. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. But we always wanting. It's not a problem of lack. It's a problem of seeing. It's a problem of seeing. It's a blind spot. And we are not seeing it. And we need to pray. God open my eyes. Open my eyes. That I can see and then, then another last point, and that will be seeing in the spiritual realm, seeing a protection of God. And that's in the second king, chapter six, please. After the six minutes. I think it's chapter 5. I'm so sorry. Mm. No. Yes. Chapter 6. Yes, please. Thank you. Yes, Second King. Chapter 6. Verse 15, and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with the horses and chariots, and his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. There's some time in a spiritual realm we don't see things. I'm not saying you start seeing reasons, but you may know the things. Or you can see your reasons too. Knowing God's will, knowing what God has for you. Knowing what a protection around you. He said, open his eyes. Alicia was able to see the angels, but his servant was not. And he was afraid, looking at his situations. Now this was not a sin again, but this was a spiritual blind, blindness. And Paul said, I pray that your eyes of understanding may be opened. Our eyes of understanding need to be opened yes. to see spiritual things. Yes. We need to walk in a spirit realm more than a natural 
We learn to walk in that realm of a spirit. We are a spiritual people. You know how these people of a, do, do the witchcrafts? They see spiritual things. But they see a different other world. We are more spiritual than them. We are born again. The spirit of God lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Our eyes had to be enlightened and flooded with the light. And we need to pray that prayer too. God, open my eyes to see the things which you want me to see. See my future. See the things of I have not seen yet. And the Lord opened the eyes of this man. And then the Lord was and then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of a fire all around Elisha. Glory to God. And I believe we are entering those days. These things will be normal for us. We should be praying. I was talking to pastor. I'm traveling to U.S. from 2007. But I have seen a hardness in the spirit realm before. But as the days are coming, I'm seeing more ease in the spirit. I'm seeing people getting healed easily. But just in the last two months, we have seen a tremendous healing in different places. Tremendous healings. We have seen just last Sunday, the, uh, the small girl started seeing better with her eyes. Just last Sunday in the Chambersburg, people came, we were just leaving the church on the door, and the ladies came up and they said to us, they, they said we started getting, we got healed while we were sitting on the chairs. Mm-hmm. There's another woman came up, because I, first I had the people for the eyes, and then I was, went to preach the message, but the, I, was, I felt still something is there. We prayed more, and then the Lord said, there's the people with the heart problems. And they came up. But when we were leaving, the woman said to me, she said to us, she said, you know, when you were done with the saying about the eyes, but I felt God is going to, God told me, she said, he's going to call for the people for the heart if you had a problem. But then you took your Bible to start speaking. Open your Bible. But she said, Lord, how that can happen? He's going to say about the heart. <laughs> sure enough, before I just go to the message, I felt an urge to say it. And she came up. You know, God knows things. But this is, this is very beginning. This is very minor. We are going to see a bigger things. We are going to see a bigger things. We are going to see a bigger move. But we need to clean some blind spots in our life. We need to see a provision of God. Then we need to pray, God, open my eyes to see the spiritual things. Not just me, but my friends, my other people. You know, Elisha did not say to his servant, you are not that spiritual. You cannot see this. I can only see because I'm anointed. <laughs> if your surrounded brothers and sisters cannot see, pray for them. Encourage them. You can see it. Yes. 
I love about these guys. They didn't, they didn't show themselves over spiritual. But they took others with them. You can see it too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It will be normal. It will be normal for you to sing in the spirit. You young men will see visions. They will see visions. You will see visions, Josiah. You will come up here. Come up here. Hallelujah. Nesara kandala rabba. Indana bo shondoloro no bo sore kandana be siranda bo soroko. Ler indana bo shondolo. You will see visions. You will see dreams. God will speak to you. You will. You will. You will. You will. You will see those things that people have not seen yet. You will see angels. You will. You will see open reasons. You will. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Your young men will see reasons. Come on, close your eyes and speak for tongues. If we, can we do that? Pastor, do we have a time? Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Reasons. 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 Dreams. Reasons. Dreams. Reasons. Dreams. I said reasons and dreams in Jesus' name. Reasons and dreams, hallelujah. Oh, Rebana House, Rokondo, Lorono, Bosch, Andalare, Reba. Open their eyes, Lord. I pray, open their eyes to see. Open their eyes to see, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Open their eyes to see. Open their eyes to see in Jesus' name. Open their eyes to see in Jesus' name. Oh, desire and longing to see things of God. I pray they may see the things of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I want to give you an altar call if you need a healing. Especially, especially with your backs and you have a problem with your uh, bones and joints. And your hands, something, your pain or something, if, if there is a problem, I would like to pray with you. Because God is working on that area in our lives. And many people are getting healed on this part. Yeah. I was seeing a great testimony just recently. People are getting healed from 40 years, Reverend Gary Crawl Church. The woman was, had a pain from 40 years and got healed. And, and Reverend David Beebe was there. And he had a problem with the arthritis in his back. He could not sit down. But he said when he came up and the anointing just hit him and the back started popping up. Yes. His wife, his, I'm talking about the great men of God. Yes. And they, they are very genuine testimony. That's why I'm talking about them. And if you are anybody, please come up and I'll lay hand on you. We'll lay hand on you. And I believe you will be healed. And you will not go with the pain from here. And we saw in a Pastor Chris Conn's church, 
the lady came in a morning meeting with the clutches and in the evening she was without clutches. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Monica, if you can. Monica, please. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah.